Welcome to Embrun's podcast, episode number 17. This is your host, Suman Silvon. One thing I tell a lot of people because they mistakenly think I'm a super gifted athlete, you know, ultra long distance runner, but I'm a super average guy. I'd like to welcome Frank Fumig to Embrun's podcast. Frank, how are you doing today? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me. So how's your running going in this hot day of summer? Well, you know, that's funny. Uh, it was going decently enough, but just today on a little eight-miler, I tweaked my knee. I've never, I've never had any knee problems in my life, so I'm sitting here with ice on my knee. I hope it's nothing uh, serious. Yes, I hope it's nothing serious. I hope you recover well and fast. Talk about running. I have read your bio about your running. You have run more events and around the world than some of us will run in three lifetime. Can you talk about your running journey? Sure. So, um, well, I'm currently 48 years old. I started running when I was 30. Um, I wasn't a runner at all. You know, I was always an athletic kid, but um, never ran at all until I was 30. My aunt was diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor. And, uh, you know, a lot of my family was praying for and this and that, but she was in a lot of pain. And I, I just thought, um, you know, it'd be nice to do something that hurt as well and kind of offer it up to her and motivate her to keep fighting. So I signed up for the Marine Corps Marathon. And, you know, back th- back in those days, um, it was very easy to get in. And I, I think I only signed up about three months before the race. And so went from zero to the marathon in about two and a half months. That's That was my start. I, I, I finished in like 3.50, got carried off on a stretcher. Don't remember much about it. But, you know, the next morning, of course, I was saying, you know, I'm never going to do that again. Uh, but then I, the thought of, um, you know, that feeling of pushing yourself. I mean, at the time, I, I thought, I didn't even know about ultras. I thought a marathon was the hardest thing you could do on the planet. Kind of makes me laugh now looking back. But um, I was just amazed that, you know, I was in so much pain and every ounce of me wanted to quit. And I couldn't get over how the mind was able to push your body well past that feeling of, of where you didn't think you could take another step. And so um, I guess that kind of churned in my head for a while. And then I immediately, I think I signed up for another marathon. And then I immediately kicked it up and did a 50-miler. And actually, my second ultra ever was Badwater, believe it or not, because back then it was um, so much easier to get into as well. And, you know, it's it's blown up from then. I've, you know, traveled the world a few times over, done 70 some marathons and uh, run an ultra on every continent including Antarctica and run through deserts and you name it so that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell that sounds like a great running resume so what would you struggle as you were starting from non-runner to runner and eventually becoming an ultra marathoner uh, well you know for me I think it's always been a more of a mental mental growth than physical you know I've never been a super fast runner. I did qualify for Boston once uh, a couple years ago, but I was mo- more mostly motivated by the Boston bombings and wanting to get there so bad. Um, and I ran like a 320, but mostly I'm just under a four-hour marathon runner speed-wise. Anything you know much faster than that really starts to hurt me. I'm just not a fast guy. Uh, so for the ultras, they kind of fit well because most of them aren't really uh, about speed. You know, some are. You got to be pretty quick to make the cutoffs. But it, uh, mostly it's just kind of a mental thing of, you know, finding the patience and trying to keep the pain at bay or just 
succumbing to it kind of and you know at some point you can't keep it at bay and just kind of kind of welcome it and deal with it but um yeah mostly it's been mental growth for me more than physical and you know the sacrifices that you have to make when you're training for ultras i mean to the hours and hours and not even the miles really but in my mind when i look back on it it's just the time involved away from the family away from the business away from doing the things that i personally would rather be doing than running you know i probably don't run for the right reasons i don't just run outside and and just love the feeling you know most of mine is just to test myself that's kind of how i got started and everything is just so difficult for me that i <laughs> it's amazing that i spend so much time doing something that i don't really love so um yeah for me it's just uh kind of a mental game even more so than physical so as a runner what do you feel like your greatest accomplishment or achievement so far in your running journey? Oh, geez, that's a tough question. Well, you know, the hardest race for me personally, I'd have to say, is the Ultra Tour du Mont Blanc UTM. I'm not really a great climber. I never was. You know, I live on flat, and in the summertime, I, I basically train at the beach, which flat as a pancake. And so I had to really get creative uh, to try to get ready for that. But, you know, I think it has, what, 30-some thousand uh, cumulative gain and the same descent basically. And so for me, um, that was my hardest race. And I was, I'm probably most, most proud of that actually. Uh, you know, I, even bad water to me was easier than like a super, super mountainous race. From your experience, how does your body react to such extreme sports that you do to get ready for those events and actually be a part of those events? Well, it involves a lot of pain, certainly. Um, one thing I tell a lot of people because they mistakenly think I'm a super gifted athlete, you know, ultra long distance runner, but I'm a super average guy. You know, I've had back surgery. Uh, you know, I have aches and pains. Sometimes a six miler hurts. You know what I mean? So there's nothing special about me athletically. And so, it, yeah, it's, it's a lot of punishment on the body, but still it's more mental and trying to and push yourself through that kind of pain threshold, taking your mind, trying to take your mind out of it, uh, turning everything into manageable chunks that you can sort of comprehend and deal with. You know, when you run a 100 mile or you start out, you certainly, at least I can't think of the 100 mile point. You know, I'll, I'll try to chew up five mile chunks, 10 mile chunks, always going through uh, mental tricks and math, trying to convince myself that it's, you know, less miles than it is. It's kind of that never quit, never give up attitude too. Lots of races I do. When I get to the start line, I look around and see virtually everybody seems to be looking much better shape than me or a much better runner than I am. I know it's tough to sort of size up everybody by just a glance, but I often find myself thinking like, God, what the hell am I doing here with these people? And then inevitably, you know, half of them are dropping out and somehow I'm crossing the finish line and often I see some of these people you know dropping out before it's one thing if you just don't make a time cut off and you gave it everything you have but lots of people just get to that low low and for whatever reason they pull the plug but you see them you know later on at the end of the race and they, they're perfectly fine and they're kicking themselves for actually quitting when they still had time left on the clock and and I think it just comes down to how badly you know do you want it or are you the kind of person that uh, you know, hey, I'll come back and try another day, and it's it's not going to affect you that much to quit. I, I don't know. 
I guess that could be learned behavior, but it's, I think it's always, I'm, I'm just always been that kind of person where I just never wanted to quit. Uh, you know, if I'm putting in months and months of training, I'm either going to cross the finish line or, or be carried off on a stretcher. That's how, and I don't say that as a cliche. I mean, I really mean that, you know, it's probably not the safest or the smartest mentality to have. And I guess maybe my faith carries me a little bit and I just feel like, you know, someone's watching over me and I'm not going to die. But I really go into a race knowing that I'm either going to cross the finish line or I'll be carried off and I'm not going to quit in between then unless, you know, I miss a time cutoff and I'm just not fast enough. Can you list some of the events that you have done over the years? Yeah, well, I've done, a, uh, you know, lots of marathons um, for ultras. I think my first uh, ultra was JFK, the 50 miler. Uh, and then I did, I've done Badwater, I've done uh, Leadville, uh, Western States, UTMB. I've done the four desert series. I'm not sure you're, if you're familiar with those. They're the, um, the 150 mile stage races, self-supported. I, I did the Sahara Desert, the uh, Gobi Desert, Atacama Desert, and Antarctica. And, you know, I do sort of ultra distance everything. I've done some ultra tries that I had to run. I did a quintuple Ironman where I had to run 131 miles after, you know, a 12 mile swim and a 560 mile bike. So that run in itself was, was pretty long, but that pretty much sums up the notable, the notable runs. I think I've done. How was your experience running four desert series? Well, one of the nice things about that, I mean, they're extremely difficult, but you get to go places that you would almost certainly never go if you weren't doing an event like this to be in a place where you know you know one less than one percent of one percent of the world has has seen is pretty spectacular you know running through sand dunes and ending at the pyramids or uh you know the atacama desert i think the whole desert was you know at a pretty high elevation and at night i mean the stars the skies were just absolutely spectacular and uh you know antarctica if you can imagine how beautiful and uh, and white and stark and cold that was. So, yeah, it's taken me to some pretty nice places. Even more than that, it's the friends that I've been able to make. You know, when you do those races, you share a tent with five or six other people. And I am literally best friends with my tent mates and some of the runners I met in the, in the very first one that I did those, which is the Gobi March. And uh, we still travel the world together uh, doing different events. I just got back recently from a... Um, Oh, actually, I forgot. I ran a 350-mile ultra up in the Arctic called 6633 just a few months ago. Uh, and, you know, temperatures were like minus 40 degrees. And I did that with a couple of my buddies that I met doing the four desert races and uh, went to the North Pole with a couple of them. And so, yeah, really, the friendships more than anything. But the friendships and, and seeing corners of the world that you would never get to see are, are definitely the, the two top benefits of doing the, those types of races. When you do these kind of events, do you organize yourself or you mostly go with organized events? No, I've always gone to organized events. I mean, I have done some charity things where I did myself. After the Boston Marathon bombings, a friend and myself ran from uh, Washington, D.C. to Boston, literally, over about four and a half days. And we raised about $80,000 for a couple of the victims. And so that was something we just organized. And it was just a run. It wasn't a race. But all the races... I've done have been other organized races. I've never organized my own. I read in your bio that you're attempting the Seven Summit. How's that going for you? <laughs> it's going very slow. You know that uh, I have to balance sort of family and business, and I I kind of have to to uh, pick and choose when the time is right. 
So I'm slowly making my way there. I've done um, the, the first four. I uh, did Kilimanjaro. I did uh, Mount Elbrus, Mount Aconcagua, and uh, Kosciuszko in Australia. And next up is Mount Vincent in Antarctica. And I'll be going there in January and also skiing to the South Pole. So I'm not sure if you've heard of the phrase Adventure Grand Slam to do all seven summits and ski both the poles. So I've got one pole and four mountains and hopefully January I'll get the fifth and then Denali would be next. And then, of course, um, Mount Everest, I'm saving for last. When you do this seven summit, do you have to go in certain order or can you pick and choose? Yeah, you can pick and choose any any order you'd like to do. You know, some people I think like to get Mount Everest over with first, but I prefer to sort of save that the biggest and toughest one for last. To get ready for any of your event, do you train year round or just you focus on a specific event? Um, so I have a a friend who's a coach, uh, Lisa Smith Batchen. She's probably one of the most accomplished ultra runners on the planet, actually. So she's my trainer, and there was a time when I was just I would just train specifically for a race, but I would just be so kind of burnt out and exhausted I would just stop totally, and then have to start from scratch again. But it was so you know you basically after a month or so lose all that fitness, and I realized it was just creating you know so much extra work for myself. And honestly, at a time I would do a race and think that well that's probably it. It was only till about maybe about five years ago when I realized I was just going to keep going. So. For the last five or six years, I've pretty much been going, you know, around the calendar and staying in, in great shape so I didn't have to start from scratch. And for small races, I do on my own. But for any really big stuff, I'll use Lisa as a coach. I, I probably at this point would know what to do. But, you know, I don't have really time and I don't want to spend the energy focusing. And honestly, if it was left up to me, I'm afraid I, would, I wouldn't follow through. You know, something about paying paying for it. And I, I feel like I want to get my money's worth if I'm paying, I'm going to do the workouts and just having someone send me, you know, for instance, she'll send me a two week schedule and I can just print it out and put it on the wall and look at it and just cross them off when I'm done. And something about that works better for me. So, um, that's how I, that's how I train. So what kind of nutrition plan are you in? Do you have a specific nutrition plan to fuel yourself for extreme racing and training? No, I, I'm a little bit unorthodox in, uh, some of my training and certainly my nutrition. I probably have the worst diet of any ultra runner you'll ever interview. I yeah, I don't eat anything special. I mean, during the race, I'll of course take um, you know sports drink and gels and that type of stuff. But uh, in just general day life, even if I'm doing long runs, I don't eat anything. My my diet's actually quite terrible, to be honest with you. Yeah, that sounds like pretty much my nutrition plan as well. Yeah, you know, I did the uh, when I did that quintuple Ironman, it was like four days long and I think I ate you know five cheeseburgers and fries and pizza and cokes and I mean you know I didn't eat anything even good for me but I just wanted fuel and something that tastes good while I went so all the events that you have done so far what is your favorite event oh geez that's another tough question I'm not sure I really have a favorite you know my well my probably favorite event uh was the North Pole trip but you know that wasn't a race so I'm not really sure that counts I'd say maybe the funny thing is I can't I hate cold weather and yet I've had probably the best some of the best experiences in super cold weather. The the six six three three ultra I did was also 
one of the hardest things I'd ever done. And, you know, it was over like seven days. I think it took us, we had to do about 50 miles a day. And that, uh, you know, but it wasn't so, you know, we didn't, we didn't finish with that many hours to spare, but I didn't feel like I was, you know, racing cutoffs. And I went with a couple of my buddies. And so um, that was pretty spectacular. You know, we saw the Northern Lights and we ran a hundred some miles on a, on a frozen Mackenzie River. And so doing that, I felt like we were experiencing something that so few people had. And that, that was pretty spectacular. So that's got to be right up there near the top. Bringing back the topic that we have started earlier, do you think whatever we do doing this extreme sports, do you think it's healthy? Or are we punishing ourselves for no reason? Well, do I think it's healthy? That's a, that's a good question. Do, do I think it's physically healthy? Well, it's certainly healthier than sitting on the couch and being overweight and not doing anything. That I will say. Do I think it's as healthy as someone who just runs, you know, six miles a few weeks, a few days a week and eats, eats well? No, it's probably not as healthy as that. I, I'd have to say... Unfortunately, I, I haven't gotten really seriously injured. I've had a couple of stress fractures and some pulled muscles. Of course, I did say I, I tweaked my knee today, but for the most part, I've been pretty lucky. But I, I would have to say that at some point, I'll pay the price or will pay the price for all these miles we're doing. But mentally, you know, I think it's pretty healthy. Like the, the things that I learned in in pushing my limits, running and kind of not giving up, I've taken those to other parts of my life. Certainly business and family and you know i get back from a race like that and i figure if i can get through that you know it makes our daily problems pretty small so mentally it's definitely healthy but physically going these distances probably i'll pay the price here at some point sooner rather than later frank are you ready for emron sprint round sure what type of shoes do you wear oh what size uh hoka do you exclusively use a hoka yeah 100 percent. i guess you're sold on hoka I am. I had some foot problems like about four or five years ago. And as soon as I put those on, it really did, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't fall into that minimalist craze that went through the born to run book. I, I need like maximum cushioning. It just seems like it's a little easier on my body. Now Hoka has a different types. Which type of Hoka do you use? Right now, you know, I've switched around a little bit. Literally just a few days ago, I bought the new Clifton 3s. What type of GPS device do you use? I use a uh, map my run on my phone. What is your fastest marathon? 320. What is your fastest 100? Oh, geez. You know, I'm not even sure. Maybe um, 27 hours. I've run 100 miles in 24 hours, but it was a longer race than 100. But my fastest 100, I think, is like 27 hours. Do you mostly run road or trail, or you run both? Both. All the races and events that you have attended so far, what is your favorite race or event? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to say um, the 6633 I just did is, is now my favorite race. Are you a downhiller or uphill climber? Oh, you know, um, it's changed. I used to be downhill, but now I prefer uphill. What type of hydration plan do you use in this hot day of summer? Oh, uh, God, I, you know, I, I usually I switch every couple of years. You know, I use something long enough until I finally just get sick of it, like kind of sick to my stomach, or I, I had a bad experience and it just turns me off. Right now, I'm using um, Tailwind. That's what I'm using. I just started that before this la latest race, so I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying that. So how do you get motivated to do what you do, do day in, day out, to be part of this extreme sports? 
Well, and that's also sort of changed as I've been doing this, you know, for 18 years now. I was mostly motivated to, to just test myself, like I said, to see where my limits are. In the last handful of years, I started doing more charity work, and, and that is really where I get my motivation now. This light, last race in the Yukon I did, I did it for a little boy named Jack Rollins who was battling um, cancer and was in a really bad state for a couple of years. And so I did it for him, really, and helped raise money for him and his family. And I have found that doing it for other people is much more motivation than doing it for myself. And, you know, even in a selfish way, I probably wouldn't have even finished that race had it been just for me. But doing it for him gave me motivation to keep going. So, you know, I got a lot out of it as well as not just helping him and his family. So, yeah, motivation to help other people is probably my main is the main one now. Is there a race that you have not done and you like to do? Uh, yeah, you know, that's also changing a little bit too. So there's certain races that are probably so hard because I'm not skilled. You know, there's two different kinds of kind of talent, toughness and skill. I've got an abundance of toughness, but probably not skilled in some. So the Barclays race would be a race that I would like to do, but I know that I'm not skilled enough for it. The one race that I'd always wanted to do, which I thought would be probably very top level to test me skill-wise, would be Hard Rock. And that was always on my list and still is, And but I've missed the lottery a, a few times now. So I would say Hard Rock I would like to do, and, but, and that's probably, you know, I'd probably do tons more races, but that was the one race that I've yet to, been able to get in. Sounds like Hard Rock is on the top of the lot of ultra runners that I talk to these days. Before we conclude our interview, I would like you to give a word of advice to ultra runners or beginner ultra runners who like to run many ultra races as well as uh, people who want to run and see the world. Well, I, you know, I've only received um, blessings from running, you know, uh, whether it's just the stress of life and, and just wanting to get out for a six-mile run to clear my head or, you know, traveling the world and, and really meeting some of my best lifelong friends and seeing places that I would never would have seen, you know, the spectacular memories and just really learning about myself and w what I'm made of and what my limits are. That whole journey has been fantastic. And, you know, I would just caution people to follow their heart, you know, if, if they want to see what they're made of, I really can't think of any better way than running. You know, it's so easy. You don't, It doesn't require lots of equipment like cycling or other sports. You just open your front door and run on out and, and find yourself. So I think it's a, great, it's a great way for people to go. Sounds like a great advice. Thanks for your time. We'll catch you somewhere racing or running soon. Yeah, we'd love to run into you one of these days. And uh, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it.